Genesis chapter 31. I beg your forgiveness. I set out an outline and said there shouldn't be any problem. I can go right on through 33. And as I was going through some of my notes and, and thought, yeah, yeah, right. What was you thinking, Opie? Um, and so I'm not going to do it. I do want to deal with um, the separation and then as Jacob prepares to meet his brother. And there's a time frame that is there. So let's jump into it. We came out of verse chapter 30 last week and we've seen that uh, Jacob... Um, basically has gotten yet himself into another little bind uh, with Laban and is going to take care of his flocks, uh, is basically going to do his work and what is necessary that Laban needs. And he is going to separate what is classified as the weaker sheep and goats to himself. And and yet even through this, uh, God blesses Jacob uh, and and Laban sees this. Um, it's really cool here because we see God working and man acknowledging it. Brothers and sisters, it is all over the place today. I see it all over the place when man, man today will see something that they can't understand and they'll give God credit. All right? But we've twisted it. All right? When... The World Trade Center and the Pentagon was attacked. The first words that started rumbling across the mass media was, why did God allow this? Uh, I seen it when I was dealing with uh, some of the people at Columbine uh, and, and all these other situations. And, and why did God allow this? Okay, that's the, the question that's always asked. But then when I look at the blessings... It is never, why has God blessed us? Okay, it is, no, we're good. And you will see this from the seed of Jacob until the conclusion of Revelations. I mean, probably the best synopsis of it is the book of Judges. Um, they get themselves into a pickle. God blesses them. We're okay now. And we'll go do it ourselves. And they get themselves in a pickle. And they turn to God. And they turn back to God. They turn away from God. They turn back to God. And, and you know what? Every one of us this night are guilty of this on a moment-by-moment basis. We all believe that there are something that we are, these things I am capable of. And, and you just sit, and I think about this in our lives. Listen, if you've got a heartbeat, it's by the mercy and grace of God. If you get your next one, it's by the mercy and grace of God. If you have the ability to speak, it's by the mercy and grace of God. And He doesn't owe us anything. And I watch this over and over. I watch Jacob humble himself to this human master. Now remember, Laban says, you are like a relative. And how did he treat him? Like a slave. Okay? So what's changed? What's changed? You know, I watch people dealing with inheritances. Uh, you know, who's going to get this and who's going to get this and, and, and whatever. And I am blessed on my side of the family. We poor. Well, there ain't going to be no fighting over this thing. Okay? We're going to be doing good if we get out of it debt free. Okay, and you know what? My mom wants to be buried, and she may have to be cremated. 
<laughs> I'm just not, you know. But but I look at this stuff and I see people positioning themselves on, well, we can get this and we get this. And listen, this is not a new phenomenon. Please hear me. It goes all the way back to Jacob. It goes all the way back to mankind. Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that our, that was our father's. Now, stop right there. Why are the sons complaining? It's the inheritance. Jacob's getting all the good stuff. He just took the girls. And then he's taking all the best sheep. He's taking all the best goats, all the best everything. He's taking our inheritance. Okay? Jacob's taken away all that is our father's, and from what belonged to our father, he has made all his wealth. Okay? You see what just happened? Listen, these sons are not concerned about Laban. They're not concerned about Leah and Rachel. They're not concerned about anything but themselves. Jacob saw the, the, the attitude of Laban... And behold, it was not friendly toward him as formerly. Now I want you to watch what happens. Okay, Jacob's starting to say, you know what? I've got this little scheme going. I'm making these through this bark and through these posts. I'm getting the stronger, even though they have the funny colors. Uh, I'm getting stronger herds uh, and, and, and I'm doing pretty good here. And what is it causing? Tension in the family. Okay, and then look what happens. Then Yahweh said to Jacob, I want you to pay attention to that words right there. Then Yahweh said to Jacob, return to the land of your father and to your relatives and I will be with you. Didn't he say that already? Didn't he say that already? I mean, when he ran because he's afraid of Esau, what did the Lord say to him? I will be with you and return to the land of your Father, return. I will be with you. Okay? Now, you, now we read that, and it was just a very cursory reading, but I have to ask you guys a question. What do you do with Matthew 28? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them the things that I have taught you, and I am with you most of the time. I am with you always. So he says, do what I said, and I am there with you all the time. Now listen, by the time this takes place, do you know how long Jacob's been gone? Almost 40 years. Do you know that? And if you think about that, what was you taking so long? I'm going to get my wealth up. You can't expect me to move all these kids and women and slaves and maids and all the rest. Look what happens. Jacob sent and called Rebecca, or sorry, Rachel and Leah to his flocks in the field. Okay, he's out doing his thing. And he said to them, I see your father's attitude that it is not friendly toward me as it formerly, but 
the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me. He's changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to hurt me. If he spoke thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth speckled. See how the deal was working? You take the worst ones, all the speckled, all right? If he spoke thus, the stripe shall be your wages, then the flock brought forth stripe. Do you see what happened? He kept negotiating, and God just kept blessing Jacob. Well, Laban was negotiating, but who was getting it? Jacob. And it didn't matter. I don't, you could have had polka dotted with flowers. And all the offspring would have been polka dotted with flowers. You could pick a color. Mine are rainbow. They're a rainbow. Okay? Thus God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. Verse 9. And it came about in the time when the flock was mating. And I lifted my eyes and I saw in a dream. And behold, the male goats which were mating with the striped and the speckled and the mottled. mottled. Then the angel, stop right there. The messenger of God said to me in a dream, Jacob. And I said, here I am. And he said, lift up now your eyes and see all that the male goats which are mating are striped and speckled and mottled. For I have seen all Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar. Remember Bethel? What was that? I saw the messengers going to and fro from heaven. Okay? And there you made a vow to me. Now rise and leave this land and return to the land of your birth. Now see, now remember what's going on here. Jacob is explaining this to his two wives. And Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, What? The same thing that their brothers said. Do we still have any portion or inheritance in our father's house? What's their concern? Do you understand what's just being laid out right there? God has made a promise to Jacob. Jacob hasn't really been sold out on the promise. And yet God has been so faithful to keep proving the promise. Right? It is a walk of faith that God keeps saying, trust me. Not only has Jacob seen it, his two wives have seen it, his kids have seen it, the servants of Laban's house have seen it, Laban's sons have seen it, and Laban has seen it. And so what is the problem? There's no faith. Watch. His two wives, what about our inheritance? Are we not reckoned by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and has also entirely consumed our purchase price. That was 14 years right there. Okay. Surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then. Do whatever God has said to you. They're kind of ticked off. Why? We're getting her all into the deal here. 
We could have had this, but now it's coming through you. But we're the heirs. We're supposed to get the inheritance. That's what happens. Jacob rose, put his children and his wives upon camels. Now listen, you read that and you say, this is obedience. See there, God's come to him, a messenger of God. Here, go do this. Jacob arose, put his wives and children on camels. He drove them away, all of his livestock and all of his property. And he gathered his acquired livestock, which he had gathered in Padaram, Mesopotamia, to go to the land of Canaan and of his father Isaac. When Laban had gone to shear his flock, then Rachel stole the household what? What does it say? Rachel did what? He Jacob got everything packed up. We get the moving van out. We put everything in the moving van. We got the hired drivers. We're getting ready to go. We're going to put it all on it, and we're going to head down the road. By the way, I need to go shear some sheep. I'll, be, I'll catch up with you. And what does his wife do? She goes to her daddy's house and steals his idols. What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with the picture? Jacob deceived Laban, the Armian, by not telling him that he was, what's your word say? Fleeing. Well, wait a minute. I thought God told him to go. Take his stuff and go. So what's he afraid of? So why did Leah go back, or why did Rachel go back and get the idols? Hmm. So he fled with all that he had. He arose, he crossed the Euphrates River, and he set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. And when it was told Laban, on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and he pursued him a distance of seven days' journey. He overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. God came to Laban the Araman in a dream of that night and said to him, <laughs> this would be a weird dream, wouldn't it? Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. I'm thinking that's a nightmare. Okay, I mean, you're beating feet across the desert hill country and you're cruising along and you've got a little attitude thing going and your seven day journey into it. And God says, Laban caught up with Jacob, verse 25. Now Jacob had pitched his tents in the hill country and Laban with his king, kingsmen camped in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, what have you done by deceiving me? Now, this is the pot calling the kettle black. By carrying away my daughters like captives of the sword. Hmm. What was that seven-year thing with both of them? And then the, the weak-eyed one comes in and, and all the rest of it. Why have you deceived me? Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and did not tell me? So that I might... Now, this is the, this is the best part. So that I might have sent away with joy and with songs and timbrel and the lyre. With lyre. Yeah, I think lyre is the better one. Okay? We could have had a big celebration as you left. Interesting concept, don't you think? 
And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly. Then verse 29. Now watch this, okay? Because this is fascinating. It is in my power to do, do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, Be careful not to speak either good or bad to Jacob. Now you have indeed gone away because you long greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Interesting concept. Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. The one with whom you find your God shall not live in the presence of our kinsmen. Point out what is yours among my belongings and take it for yourself. Okay, this is the first smart thing that Jacob's done since we began reading about him. All right, Jacob did not know Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went to Jacob's tent and to Leah's tent and into the tent of the two maids, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and returned and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel's saddle and she sat on them. And Laban felt through all the tent, but did not find them. She said to her father, let not my Lord, little master, be angry that I cannot arise before you, for the matter of women is upon me. So he searched, but he did not find the household idols. Okay, basically she said that she was having her period and could not stand. She was sitting on the idols that her daddy was looking for. Jacob became angry and contended with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my transgression? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? And though you have felt through all my goods, what have you found of all of your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen that they may decide between the two of us. And now he's saying, All right, let's get everybody in here. We're going to get some witnesses. You've come after me seven days. You've busted your tails to get here to catch up to me. And you said, I stole your idols. You've gone through everything that is here and it's not there. His, his wife is sitting there lying. Okay. Here's what he says. These 20 years I have been with you. You got that? I really want us to pay attention to this. Why was he there that long? Because the trickster was tricked. See the difference? Okay, God put him over there, sent him there to go get him a wife, right? He didn't tell him to live. God said, I am with you. You go up there, you get your wife, you come back. Go back to the land. What did Jacob do? Well, he didn't get the wife he wanted. So now he's got two wives. And he's got a whole slug of kids. And now he's got Laban mad. Now he's got the wife that he wanted has done what? She's stolen from her father. And you know what's crazy about it? 
She's stolen idols. And you will watch this. This will be the bane against Israel until after the Babylonian captivity. They keep dragging in these idols. And God, God just doesn't like it. I have been with you, your youth, your female goats. Now watch what happened. All right. This is Jacob confessing before all. Remember, he brought the witnesses out. Confessing before all who's done what. Now watch what happens here. Female goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn of the beast, I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was by day, the heat consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sheep fled from my eyes. These 20 years I have been in your house. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock and you engaged my wages or you changed my wages ten times if God if the God of my father and the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been for me surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed God has seen my affliction and the toil of my hands and so he has rendered judgment last night Laban answered Okay, he just goes through the list. Here's what's happened. Laban answered to Jacob, the daughters are my daughters and the children are my children and the flocks are my flocks and all that you see is mine. But what can I do this day to these my daughters or who to or to their children whom they have born? So now come, let us make a covenant. (laughs) Jacob should have fled right there. Let us make a covenant, you and I, and let us be witness between you and me. And Jacob took a stone, he set it up as a pillar, and Jacob said to his kinsmen, gather stones. So they took stones and they made a heap and they ate there by the heap. Now Laban called it Jigger, yeah, whatever. But Jacob called it Galiad. Keep that in your mind. Let it come back. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, it is called Galiad and Mitzvah. For he said, May Yahweh watch between you and me when we are absent one from the other. If you mistreat my daughters or if you take wives beside my daughters... Although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Now, who just said that? That's Laban, the guy who had his idols stolen. And yet he understood that his idols evidently weren't bigger than Jacob's God. He'd had all these blessings had taken place. All these things that happened in event was really kind of cool. And now somebody stole his idols. You know what? I would have been Laban. I would have said, take them idols. They're not working well for me right now. <clears throat> Look what he says. Laban said to Jacob, behold, this heap and behold the pillar which you have set between uh, you, you and me. This heap is a witness 
And the pillar is a witness that I will not pass by this heap to you for harm. And you will not pass by this heap and this pillar to me for harm. And the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac and Jacob offered sacrifice on the mountain, called his kinsmen to the meal and they ate a meal. They spent the night on the mountain early in the morning. Laban arose. He kissed his sons, his daughters. He blessed them and then Laban departed and returned to his place. Now, what do you see there? You see the provisions of God, do you not? God says, I'm going to take you and I am with you, right? And he's seen it. His wives have seen it. Laban has seen it. Laban's sons have seen it. It is so visible. So why is chapter 32 and 33 in here? Okay. Jacob has watched what God has done. God has says, I'm going to protect you. I am with you. Nothing's going to happen. Here's what happened. Now, as Jacob went on his way, messenger of God, the angels of God met him. And Jacob said, when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahaman, double camp. That's what it means. Okay. Then Jacob sent messengers. Now watch. 20 years he's been gone. Remember why he left? It says that Esau was upset. So he's been gone for a while. All right, look what it says. Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir and the country of Edom. He also commanded them saying, Thus you shall say to my Lord, my master... Esau, thus says your servant Jacob. Now, wait a minute. I thought that the older was going to serve the younger. Wasn't that the promise? Wasn't that the promise? Absolutely. So why is all of a sudden Jacob saying he is the servant? Look what he says. Your servant, I have sojourned with Laban and have stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord, my master. Now, this is reference to Esau, that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau, and furthermore, he is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. Perfect. I'm back. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. I I, I want us to get a hold of this because the question that I have to ask each of us tonight is this. Have you seen God's faithfulness? Have people in your lives seen God's faithfulness in your life? Why do we so easily doubt? What he says. 
He was afraid and distressed, and he divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. For he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the company which is left will escape. Jacob said, O Yahweh, or O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Yahweh, who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives and I will prosper you. Now watch what he does. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only, I crossed this Jordan. And now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, and he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Now stop right there. Jacob hasn't forgotten. He has the promise. So what's he doing? Well, verse 13. He spent the night there. And then he selected from what he had with him as a present for his brother Esau. Okay, you know that was a restless night. Okay, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their colts, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. Now, Think about what just got said there. That is a large group of animals. So he has a large group of people helping him. All right. He delivered them into the hands of his servants. Every drove by itself. And he said to his servants, pass on before me and put a space between the droves. You know what he's doing, right? Spread it out. If he starts slaughtering it, I'll get the message before he gets to me. Here's what he says. He commanded the one in the front saying, When my brother Esau meets you and asks you, saying, To whom do you belong? And where are you going? And to whom do these animals in front of you belong? Then you shall say, These belong to your servant Jacob. And it is a present sent to my master Esau. And behold, he also is behind us. Then he commanded also the second and the third and all those who followed the droves, saying, After this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, Behold, your servant Jacob also is behind us. For he said, I will appease him. With the present that goes before me. Then afterward, I will see his face and perhaps he will accept me. Hmm. Laban accepted it. So the present passed on before him. 
while he himself spent the night in camp. Now he arose that same night and he took his two wives and his two maids and his eleven children and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. Jabbok. And he took them and he sent them across the stream and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone a man, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Okay, now what did he just do? He sent everything out in front of him. But I thought he was trusting God. That's what he said. He said, the flocks, everything that I have, God prospered me. Jacob was left alone. He wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said to Jacob, he said, Jacob, and he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with, striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And he blessed him there. And so Jacob named the place Penel. And he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. For the sun rose above, upon him, and he crossed over Punel and was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is the socket of the thigh, because it has touched the socket of Jacob's thigh and the sinew of the hip. Okay, now stop right there. Jacob had cut his belongings into two groups and then he had taken a large portion out of each of his flocks of what he had and he sent him with servants to send them forward and each of them in each group if you had uh, you'd have a group of guys who would be watching over goats you'd have a group of guys who would watch over sheep you watch a group of guys over oxen and, and so on and so forth he sent them forth as these peace offerings toward esau Okay. Then he took his family and he separated them and he sent them to another and, and across the river and over and across. All right. See what he's doing? There's a reason God wrestled with him. Why? You don't trust me? I mean, Laban, he let you go kissed everybody I told you to go back to the land anyway he showed himself faithful okay so he got that problem resolved and what was next Esau and what verbiage is he using I am your servant and he's already got the inheritance it's already been given to him it was given to him before he left It was given to him as a promise of God. It was given to his mother and his mother passed it on as a promise. What's he going to do? Try to protect himself. 
And that's exactly what he's doing. That's why we'll wait. We'll pick this up next week. Okay, because there's a dynamic that plays in here that you got to ask yourself. I showed you, we went through Abraham, and, and I showed you that he is classified as the father of faith. And I can show you over and over that his faith is not very big. Remember when Jesus made this statement? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Okay, and we all think, well, you know, that'd be kind of cool to move the Rocky Mountains around. That ain't what he's saying. Why? He fled from Laban. And God said, I'm with you. I want you to go back. And what was the response? Sneak out. He could have gone straight to Laban's face and said, Hey, God, Yahweh has told me to leave. And I'm leaving. Remember what Jesus said? Are you afraid of the person who can take your life or that that can condemn your soul? You know, on Wednesday nights, we're teaching on, on spiritual warfare. And I asked this question to the, the group that meets on Wednesday night. When you look at Christendom today, are they more afraid of Satan or God? Okay, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I, I, there's implications here. These are normal people. There's nothing special about these people. Absolutely nothing special about these people. They struggle with the same things that you struggle with. And yet God was faithful, 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 faithful. My question to you tonight in our close. When does he let you down? Then flip that and say, has my faith grown knowing that he is this Faithful. And we'll pick this up next week on, on the reconciliation with Esau. The Lord's already gone before. You know, I have people. It's the book of Joshua. What is the book of Joshua? Easy. When God goes before you, it's a piece of cake. When you help him, it's ugly. You know, People ask me, you know, that when I go traveling out of the country and all the rest of it, how can I pray? God goes before me. Why? I don't want to go anyplace he's not in front of me. Because then I'll be turning and looking over my shoulder trying to figure out where he's at. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these men and these women who are before us. I mean, Father, I even thinking about dear Rachel and how she stole the idols thinking that they were rabbit's foot protect us somehow bring you good luck Uh, and yet Lord uh, you're still faithful when we shun you Father when we doubt you when we miss your majesty when we miss the things that you show us you are still faithful your mercies are new every day your blessings are new every day and Father I pray that our faith will be strengthened as we see your faithfulness 6,000 years ago in Genesis. And yet, Lord, lo, you are with us always, even until the end of the age. Father, let us rest there. Let us rest in the truth that trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not in our own understanding. All of our ways acknowledge you. And Father, rejoice that you have made the path straight. To your praise and glory.
Christ's name. Amen.